0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 14 of Nebraska Soccer Talk. I'm your host, Joe Cleary. On today's episode, we have an interview with former Creighton alum and current professional soccer-free agent Jalen Bosock. We also have a college recap that will include an update from the women's GPAC tournament and our first update from the junior colleges in the state. Finally, we will have high school highlights where we will cover players and teams from around the state. Let's go. All right, we're going to start this episode off with the interview this week. Jalen Bosak played for Creighton University, but she was also a Sporting Omaha and Millard West alum. This interview is actually from uh, the GEA UWS weekly show that I'm doing live every week. Um, I'll probably include these interviews occasionally in the Nebraska Soccer Talk podcast just because it's kind of a a joint venture while the GEA UWS team is in season. Um, So if you weren't able to watch it live, you can listen to it here, and here's Jalen Bosak. We are going to welcome in sporting Omaha, Millard West, and Creighton alum Jalen Bosak to talk about Omaha soccer and the upcoming UWS season. Jalen played a ton of minutes for the Blue Jays. I was it was crazy, about 86 minutes per game, and is also was also a very successful club and high school player. Jalen, welcome to the show.
1: Hi. <laughs>
0: Thanks for coming on today. Uh, You're lucky guest number one, the probably the (laughs) bravest one right now. So (laughs) um, we'll we'll get right into it because I want to introduce you to our fans um, who are going to hopefully come out and watch you play this summer in Omaha, but also watch on live stream too. So uh, you're coming off of kind of an up and down year. Like last year in 2020, you signed a professional contract yeah. Um And now you're looking for new opportunities. Can you kind of walk us through what trying to play professional soccer during a global pandemic was like?
1: Yeah, so that was really interesting. Um, So I graduated May 2020 and I was looking like I had teams interested. But then once COVID hit, everything just kind of froze and I was like put in hold. But finally, January, I signed with the team in Finland. They're called Coops um I was there for about a month and I ended up getting released and after that I got on a boat by myself with all my luggage and got on a bus ride went to Sweden tried out for another team and I didn't make that team either so now I came home and I'm gonna play for this team hopefully there's a lot of good players on this team, and I feel like it will be super competitive and help me um develop as a player even more so I'm really looking forward for this team this summer
0: yeah, and I and I have to applaud you because it's it's hard enough going over overseas on your own right out yeah. of college and then the experience of, of of maybe not finding the success you wanted to right away.
1: Yeah.
0: Um but then to get to get on the boat, uh get on a bus story is hopefully gonna be one that you can tell in a year or two where you when you make it to where you wanna be. Yeah. So um you kind of touched on it a little bit already, but what are you most looking forward to with this UWS season?
1: Well, there's a ton of players on the team, which is great. And I think it'll create a great competitive environment. Um, I think the girls um, that are listed on the team, they all come from really top, like great women's soccer schools. And if a lot of them are looking to play pro, I think the environment of so many people there at practice will help replicate in like what it's like to play pro. Because that's how it was when I was in Finland. It's just super competitive and just go, go, go
0: yeah and and i'll say like fans are going to hear me repeat this over and over but the training environment alone is going to be is going to be great the game environments will be good but it's also going to give omaha fans a chance to see players who maybe haven't played together in a few years maybe only played together in club and never played together in high school or maybe just missed each other in high school like they went to the same high school but never got to play to each with each other so like you can get some dream pairing so off of that who is the player or the players that have stood out on the list that you are like looking forward to playing with or connecting with again, maybe, or for the first time?
1: Um, So to kind of piggyback off what you said, a lot of the girls are from different schools, but a lot of them are from the Omaha area. So I either played with them or against them, or like you said, I just missed them. So I remember uh, I think just right away, Kaylee Lane, like she plays at KU, but I play against Mm -hmm. her. She went to Miller North and I went to Miller West. But Kenzie Coons, she plays at Nebraska, but we won a state championship together at Miller West. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to playing with Jalen Armstrong. She was super successful at Nebraska and has pro experience in the US. Like, I can totally like look through her eyes and she can tell me pointers and stuff like that to help me with my journey going forward.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And you brought up that you and Kenzie Coons wanna want a state championship together. Kenzie was on the show last week. Um and then, like, I'm even excited for you to connect and, and play with some Millard West players that you maybe just missed in your time, like yeah. uh, Grace Ostergaard, who's yeah. playing for UNO. Like, it'll be fun because you were both Millard West players, but you never played in high school at the same time, yeah, I don't think. So, yeah. so um, I know that in setting this interview up that we talked over email and you have goals to continue your professional career, kind of like you already mentioned. What are your personal goals for this summer? And how do you expect uh, the UWF? UWS atmosphere to help you with those goals?
1: So with the experience I've had in Europe, there's just like, it's way more open with soccer and stuff. I guess there's more opportunities, I guess. And there's Mm -hmm. different, there's so many leagues. So with being, with this team being in the UWS, I kind of compare as like, it's one of the most competitive leagues. It's like almost second division under the NWSL is what I kind of think of as so I think with so many players on the team, I think it's really going to be a competitive environment, which will help me develop, I feel like, and just being more mentally tough, I guess, as my journey goes on forward. Because for people that want to play pro, I like I said, it's kind of a cutthroat industry if things aren't always going to go your way. So you just got to learn to be prepared
0: yeah and and kind of based off that i i want to dive into that a little bit more because i think that's a really interesting thing that and you brought this up really only i think in the team only you and jalen armstrong are the ones who have pro experience coming back or coming into the team what is the biggest difference between maybe the college environment or a high level club environment over here and the pro environment that you experienced over in in europe
1: um i would say between college and pro Like, it's kind of weird to say, but like, when you're playing pro soccer, it's literally your job. So people Mm -hmm. treat it as a professional environment. Everyone's just way more mature. There's um, way more different age ranges. Like there's still younger people, but there's still like when I was in Finland, the captain was like 35 years old. So the age range is way different. So you're just experiencing different people as well. So yeah, and that, that, and I
0: noticed that too when we saw so with my, I was an assistant coach at a Division two school a few years ago, and we took our team over to Barcelona, Spain, and we played some professional teams oh, over wow. in Spain, and uh, it was interesting because I was twenty six or twenty five or six at the time, and and players that we were coach, I was coaching against were older than me, which was a first. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, that's that's totally true. It was a very professional environment from yeah. the beginning of the end. So, um, what do you feel like? the team's goals should be this summer. What do you want to accomplish as a team with the GEA?
1: Well, with, I notice all the teams that are in our league, they're, I mean, with the areas and growing up playing club soccer, I'm sure I'll see the same players growing up playing against them in like MRL and national league and stuff like that. So I'll probably see them again, like I saw when I was in my younger ages. So I think it's going to be a very competitive season as well, as well with training, but. With the clientele we have on the team, I feel like we could for sure do big things and go far with the league and going into regionals and nationals for sure.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think like, it, and we're going to get into the roster more in later episodes, so not too much here, but just briefly touching on it, we have great veteran leadership yeah. at, in the back and then we have some dynamic attackers up front and it's and solid goalkeeping and, yeah. and hard workers in the midfield is kind of a recipe for success. So I'm excited and I'm hoping that you and the rest of the 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 young women take it take it as far as we can take it with the this uh, UWS team. So, speaking of experience, we talked about this a little bit off air, but how do you feel like as you're now you're coming into this squad and you're one of the more veteran players in the squad, not just in age but also in experience? Um, how do, how does that make you feel, or what kind of role do you feel like you'll have to take on your shoulders uh, this summer?
1: Um, I feel like I'm more kind of like an observant uh, leader or I kind of lead by example. So it's like with so many people being on the team, I'm going to be kind of that person if people want to like talk about it and open up, I'm willing to open up up about my journey. Because like Jalen Armstrong, she has had so much success, but like with me, I've kind of hit like a bump in the road. Mm -hmm. I'm totally open. Like it's nice to have like Jalen Armstrong who has had success, but it's also nice to see like, the truth and how it's always not always going to go your way as well
0: yeah and i think that's a great mix and and you can share a so you can share a story of of maybe a bump in the road or a little bit of failure but also yeah. you're continuing to go on yeah because there's many who there's many people who don't yeah. um and i guess that kind of dovetails into my uh next question is what kind of advice would you pat are you gonna pass on or would you pass on to your younger uh gea uws teammates like maybe um some of the defenders who are coming in who are freshmen in college this year and and or or maybe even advice that you would pass on to younger club players or high school players who are who are in your shoes you know eight years ago you know nine years ago and now want they're like looking at you and saying i want to be where jalen is or i want to do what jalen did at creighton uh what's it what advice would you give to them
1: Um, At first, I would be just take it all in, enjoy where you're at, especially if you're in the journey of looking to play college soccer, enjoy that journey. And then if you are a freshman, like freshman year was probably one of my favorite years of college. So just enjoy it. And then once the time comes, definitely be ready to work hard and be ready to come back if something does come in like Sorry. If someone, no. something does come in your road, like be ready to come back. Because like what I went through, a lot of people would probably just give up, but I want to keep trying. Cause I feel like I can still prove myself and be able to play in Europe.
0: Yeah. And I think that's great. I think just like you said, you're going to be a lead by example type leader for this team and just by what you're doing is a great lead, lead like leadership by example, you know, yeah. you're, you're showing you're, 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 you're not just uh, talking the talk you're also walking the walk by continuing your journey right. um, so now a little bit off of soccer or maybe not exactly UWS soccer but just get to know you as a person and kind of your time in Omaha um, what uh, so I fun fact I spent six months at Creighton I was a freshman okay. I was a, very briefly a, a Creighton blue Jay when I was a freshman okay. um, what uh, what was your favorite? Part about attending Creighton University, or why did you feel lucky to to be a Blue Jay?
1: Um, I would just say with Creighton, it's still Division One school, but with it's a smaller Division One school. So like you ran into people like some bigger one Division One schools, you will like run into someone you'll never see them again. With that Creighton, <laughs> the community, the athlete community, and just the whole Creighton community was just super close, and you just felt like a family, and it was just amazing to have especially being a student athlete and um even if you weren't a student athlete there were so many people that were just involved with the campus
0: yeah um that's and i I agree with you that was my that was what drew me to creighton originally when i first wanted to go to school there it's just it's it's a it's a very great community great school um you obviously played in morrison quite a bit before you became (laughs) a blue jay did that make it any less special when you started going out there wearing the blue and white
1: no, so what's funny when I w- was going through my process with college when I was in- playing club, I never pictured myself going to Creighton <laughs> because I'm from Omaha and I was just like, oh, "It's Creighton, I don't want to go there." Like it's the doctor school, like I'm not going to there. But I actually ended up committing like late for like the journey for club soccer. I committed like I think summer going into my senior year. Oh wow! And, okay. Yeah. So it was at regionals that Ross and Craig at the time saw me, and they just showed me the campus and what they their goals for the program, and I was set. So yeah,
0: yeah, and they're and they're slowly, kind of slowly but surely, you know, getting better every year. Obviously, this yeah. this year kind of put a bump in the road, but they've won two games now on the bounce, and they still have right. a chance. They if they win out or get the results they need, they could still take that next step into the Big East postseason, so we're hoping that
1: yeah. Creighton
0: continues to do well. Um, you know, flipping even further back into uh, high school, I asked Kenzie Coons this because um, you were – and you were a part of those some of those successful teams at Millard West. Obviously, you can't – like, there's a lot of talent that comes through Millard West, so they're, it's going to be a good yeah. program. But
1: mm-hmm,
0: yeah. what, what made that – what makes Millard West's culture – good or so fun to play soccer in
1: i think i feel like it's a little bit different now but when i was there club was so like serious and just took up so much time of people and with high school it was just kind of a nice break from club and to just like play with different people whereas club you like you're probably on the same teams when you started from like pee wee size to up to like high school so it was just a nice change to play with different ages and just different people. And it was just like a breath of fresh air to just like have fun, but yeah. still like be really good at what you're doing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Still compete, have yeah. fun, but then it's yeah. something different. Cause yeah, I do like club is like having coached club and having rec- recruited a lot of club yeah. players when I was a college coach clubs about your future. Like you're getting, a lot and, and so it is stressful. I mean, you went through the recruiting process. Yeah. Every, everyone I heard talks about how the recruiting process is just,
1: Ready? Yeah, it's exactly. ready to
0: be good. You're ready to be done with it. You're yeah,
1: done. you're investing so much time, so much money, and then like high school, you just like it's not like bad, but like you just kind of feel a sense of like normal when you're playing high school soccer. It's just like a normal thing to do.
0: Right. It's like because yeah, other people are doing it yeah. too, like in other sports.
1: <laughs> yeah. not a lot of people can like play club and what the kids are doing younger age. Like that takes a lot of time and effort to do what they're doing.
0: Absolutely. It does. Um, all right. Then flipping, we talked off air. You're kind of a foodie. Um, (laughs) so like I am too, probably, uh, I grew up in North Dakota, so I've been slowly but surely expanding my tastes and sushi was one of the, sushi was one of the ones we talked about. So what's your favorite sushi place in Omaha?
1: Well, Blue, hands down, like no hesitation, is my favorite place. But um, there's a new place in Elkhorn that just opened up. It's called Foxy Sushi. It's a drive-through place. And I love it because there's always times where I don't want to sit down at Blue. And it's just like a quick, like I can just get a couple rolls. And it's like the same quality as Blue. It's amazing.
0: Well, now I know where I have to hit up next. (laughs) uh, No, I I live in the Benson area. So I I like walking down to the, we live, my girlfriend and I live two or three blocks from the Benson area, so being able to walk down to that strip is really cool. And yeah, Omaha, Omaha has a lot of underrated for food. Really, oh, yeah. I
1: mean, there are so many hidden gems in Omaha, like that people don't know about.
0: Yeah, it's like every person I talk to on like with an interview, they always bring me something different. I was like, oh, yeah. like I had not heard of the new place that I opened in Elkhorn Drive yeah. through Sushi, and now like that's probably where I'm going on Friday. So,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, but. Uh, you know, thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. Um, I'm excited to interact with you and connect with you more throughout this this summer. Um, I think the one thing that has been really admirable uh, of you is that you have had your own journey. And I think that's a that's the message I wanna leave our listeners with and our, our fans with is that you committed later than normal, you know? Um, you weren't going to go to Creighton and then you went yeah. to Creighton and, ended up, and you ended up being a big time player for them. And and then even with your professional experience so far, it's been up and down and hopefully starting with this summer, it's on its way back up.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and uh, so like one last thing, why should uh, the people of Omaha, the soccer community of Omaha or even of Lincoln as well, because it's not that far. Why should people tune in to watch you all on, online? Why should people come out to the games?
1: Well, if people are already in the soccer community of like Omaha, Nebraska, like the Omaha community is already huge to begin with, if especially for women's soccer. And these girls on these teams have gone through that like system of playing club soccer, wanting to play for the best schools ever. And a lot, all of the players on the team, on the team play for really good schools. So if that's something they want to like achieve, then definitely come out and watch and see what they're all about for sure.
0: Awesome. Well, Jalen, this was excellent. Thank you for making my first live interview really good. <laughs> yes, I was. I I think I I probably was more nervous than you were, but uh, <laughs> thank you for that. You did a great job, and I look forward to connecting with you again. And I look forward to uh, letting the fans uh, see you play in person. So thank you for coming on.
1: Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me.
0: Mm-hmm. We want to thank Jalen Bosak for coming on the show today. Uh, we're gonna continue to have GEA UWS players on the show, which is great because they're also coming from great backgrounds of Division I players, Division II players, NAIA players that have ties to the state, either through the college, through their youth time, or both. And with that, we're going to head into the college recap. (music) Today's college recap is brought to you by Sports Recruiting USA. SRUSA is the leading U.S. college soccer experts. SRUSA is all about finding the right fit for all the players, families, and coaches they work with. Visit sportsrecruitingusa.com for more information and to connect with your very own SRUSA consultant today. Let's start with the GPAC Women's Soccer Tournament. There were two upsets on the day, with Midland traveling to Sioux City and knocking off the number two seed, Morningside. Brittany S junior from Long Beach, California, with the lone goal for the Warriors. Giannis will also be competing for the GEA-UWS team this summer. The second upset of the day was Jamestown making the long trip down from North Dakota to beat Hastings 2-1, which is a really tough result for the Broncos. Other results from the GPAC tournament include Concordia besting Dakota Wesleyan 2-1, setting up an all-Nebraska semifinal versus Midland, and the number one seed, Briarcliff, beating Dort comfortably 4-1. Briarcliff will host Jamestown. The GPAC semifinals take place on Tuesday, April 6th, with the final being played on Friday, April 9th. The men's GPAC tournament begins Saturday, April 10th. Let's check in on the Division III school in our state. The Nebraska Wesleyan women rebounded from a loss at Loras with a 3-1 win over Coe College. After conceding the first goal, NWU responded with three goals of their own, winning 3-1 to open up their home stand for the season. Unfortunately, they fell 5-2 to University of Dubuque yesterday. The Nebraska Wesleyan men also rebounded from their loss at Lawrence with a victory over Coe College. Lincoln native Luke Munson scored the game winner with a header off of a corner kick in double overtime to secure the victory for NWU. Unfortunately, it was heartbreak for the Prairie Wolves on Saturday. After scoring the equalizer with seven minutes to go, the Prairie Wolves conceded the winner to Dubuque just two minutes later. Both men's and women's programs are back in action next Wednesday and Saturday. First, they traveled to Storm Lake to take on Buena Vista on Wednesday before returning home to host Luther on Saturday. I would highly recommend checking both programs out as they have a high number of Nebraskans on their teams. In fact, the NWU women's squad, all five of their goals this season have been scored by Nebraska players. We have two Division II programs to give you updates on today. First, the Wayne State College Wildcats were unable to complete their spring season sweep over Augustana. The Wildcats hosted the Vikings last Wednesday and dropped a 3-1 result to the visitors. The Wildcats are back in action this coming Friday when they host Sioux Falls. It was a tough week for the University of Nebraska Kearney Lopers as they traveled to Wichita, Kansas, where they dropped a 1-0 result to Newman University. They then returned home to Fort Hayes State, where the visitors ran out 3-0 winners on the day. The Lopers are back in action next Thursday when they host Washburn, and next Sunday when they travel to Emporia. (laughs) Now to the Division I programs in our state, and honestly, this might be one of the best weeks as a whole for our state at this level. Let's start with the women's program at the University of Nebraska-Omaha. The UNO Mavericks welcomed the Western Illinois Leathernecks to Caniglia this weekend. I was in attendance for the first match of the two-game series. The University of Nebraska-Omaha team is a very, fairly young team, and they have had some up-and-down times in their attacking play, which is to be expected from a young squad. Their defense has been solid most of the year. Unfortunately, Friday night's game was a tale of two halves. The Mavericks absolutely dominated the first half. They were up 2-0, and it could have been more. As the Maver- Mavericks came out, you could tell the players to let off the gas a little bit. Because they let off the gas, they let the Leathernecks back into the game. The normally consistent defense was pretty inconsistent and made two costly mistakes that gifted Western Illinois two goals. The game finished 2-2, a frustrating and disappointing result for the Mavericks. Credit to the players and their coaching staff, though. They bounced back Sunday and earned a 1-0 victory, their ninth shot out of the season. This secured them a berth into the conference tournament. Their opponent in the semifinal will either be Denver or South Dakota State. The bonus for the Mavs is they have a bye next week and will be able to rest and reset both mentally and physically. They also host the Summit League tournament. Anything can happen if you get into the tournament as the host. The UNO men's program has also had a solid week. They traveled to Oklahoma to take on Oral Roberts. After a hard fought draw on Thursday, the Mavericks got the better of Oral Roberts in overtime, winning 2-1. Hugo Kamatani got the winner. He had been absent from the score sheet for a few games, but came back in a huge way, scrambling home the winner off a corner kick. The Mavs remain in control of their own destiny in terms of the Summit League title as they head into a two-game series with Denver. They have one game at in Omaha this Friday, and then they travel to Denver for their season finale. Over to the blue side of Omaha, where both men's and women's programs are on a roll with win streaks. First on the men's side. The Blue Jays won both games this weekend, stretching their win streak to three in a row. They defeated non-conference opponent UMKC before defeating DePaul in a seven-goal thriller. The Jays have secured a Big East tournament berth, and we'll find out their seed and their opponent as the regular season concludes this week. On the women's side, things were honestly not looking so good for them two to three weeks ago. However, the team started to build a little momentum after last week's wins over Marquette and Xavier, and this week, the Jays went on the road and beat Marquette again, this time in overtime, and then came from behind to beat DePaul 2-1 at Morrison. The Jays are now either a win or a tie versus Butler away from finding their way into the Big East postseason. The Jays can also scoreboard watch for results around the league that will help get them in as well. Overall, a good finish to the regular season for the Blue Jay women's soccer program. Down the road in Lincoln, the Huskers have had an up-and-down spring season. They hosted rivals Iowa for their final regular season and final home game of the season. They ran out 1-0 winners on the day with a solid performance podcast guest Gwen Lane netted the winner. The win helped set up the Huskers with another matchup against Minnesota in the Big Ten wildcard weekend. The Gopher and the Huskers played to a 0-0 draw earlier this season, so I'm hoping that this is a good matchup for the Huskers to get in the first round, that they may potentially be able to get into the second round, and then who knows from there. Overall, a good week for the Division I college soccer programs in our state. Last but not least, the junior college programs in our state. We have four junior colleges that have both men's and women's programs in our state, and we will give updates on them every week as well. Central, Western, Northeast, and Southeast all kicked off their regular seasons this week. We may even occasionally check in across the river with highly ranked Iowa Western. First, we check in with Northeast. Northeast traveled to Iowa Western this weekend. The men's program got a good result with a 0-0 draw against the number three men's program in the country, while the women's program fell to IWCC 3-0. The IWCC women are ranked 6th in the country. Southeast Community College men's and women's programs hosted Western Nebraska and Otero Junior College out of Colorado. Both programs had tough weekends going 0-2. Western Nebraska men's and women's programs played two in-state opponents. The men's program defeated Southeast 4-1 before falling to Central 3-0. The women's program beat Southeast 6-1 before playing to a 0-0 draw with Central. Along with playing Western Nebraska Central, also hosted Otero Junior College. Both men's and women's programs were defeated convincingly by the powerhouse school out of Colorado. Otero Junior College is the only school this weekend in this area uh, of Nebraska that traveled in and won both of their games. That was the college review, uh, and we were going to we're going to kick it off or kick it over to the high school highlights portion of the podcast welcome to the high school highlight segment of the nebraska soccer talk podcast in this segment we will give a brief overview of where things are standing in each class there are so many teams and games going on every week that it is going to be hard for us to get everyone covered every single week but we will do our best this week's High School Highlights is brought to you by Sports Recruiting USA. Sports Recruiting USA is the leading college soccer recruiting experts. Sports Recruiting USA is dedicated to helping their players and families find the right fit for them as they pursue the next level of soccer. For your free evaluation and consultation with Sports Recruiting USA, visit www.sportsrecruitingusa.com. First up, Class A Boys. Gretna, Omaha South, and Lincoln Southwest remain unbeaten on the boys' side, and all three of those I expect to be around at the end of the season at Morrison. Gretna has Millard North coming up next, but we can look ahead to their matchup after Metros against Creighton Prep on April 17th. Omaha South remains unbeaten, and they will certainly play against some teams that will test them, including Westside, Millard North, and Millard West. But the game I'm looking forward to is April 28th, when Gretna and South square off. Lincoln Southwest, the final unbeaten team, have a big matchup coming up this next week versus unbeaten Class B opponent, Scut. If they can get by Scut, there's a really good chance Lincoln Southwest could run the table and go into the district tournament unbeaten. After those three teams, there's a real mixer of several teams, and we aren't quite sure where those teams stand yet in relation to each other and the current top three because they haven't necessarily played each other. Um, I think this is shaping up to be an exciting year in Class A boys soccer. I'm looking forward to seeing the matchups the Metro Tournament gives us, as I think it'll allow us to see how certain teams stack up against each other and hopefully gives us some more matchups we've been hoping for. I do want to talk about the Class A boys game I attended this weekend. I was lucky enough to enjoy the weather and the competitive match between Lincoln East and Millard North on Saturday. I thought both teams had some solid players and played a competitive game. Millard North got their tactics right, and the players executed well in the counterattacks especially. I think uh, my two favorite players to watch on the day were Braden Wright from Millard North and then Braden McPhail from Lincoln East. Wright is a really dynamic player and he's just fun to watch on the ball. I really wanted North to get him the ball often because he was just fun to watch. He went at defenders and he created a lot of things for Millard North, which was exciting. McPhail wasn't as dynamic as Wright, but he was very clean on the ball, very composed and made great decisions on and off the ball. And he's a really solid defender too. He just made the game click for Lincoln East when he was on the field. Um, and that's always fun to watch. Um, I expect that we will see both Millard North and Lincoln East in or around the state tournament at the end of the year. And Class B boys, unfortunately, is looking like Scott Catholic, Lexington, and then everyone else. I think we all expected more out of South Sioux City. And while they played an incredibly difficult schedule so far, they have some work to do to show us that they belong at the top of the rankings. Teams I do want to keep an eye on going into this week are Elkhorn North and Bennington. Both teams have had solid starts this season, and luckily for us, they play each other this week. So I look forward to that result, as there are several teams behind them that are sitting at 500 or just above or below that could make a move as the season progresses. It's always hard to say when some teams have played almost double the number of games as the other teams, and uh, teams haven't played each other yet or played like opponents yet even. So over to the girls' side of things in Class A, the three unbeaten teams are papillion the South, gretna lincoln southwest and lincoln east sorry four four unbeaten teams um all four of those teams have a great collection of talent lincoln southwest and lincoln east play each other this week so one of them will fall from the unbeaten status uh, papillion pavilion la vista south and gretna both have the metro tournament coming up um so likely they won't both come out unbeaten from that but they will square off against each other on april 15th as well there are some other teams to keep an eye on that have had solid starts to the season they include millard west north platte La Vista, Omaha Central, and Lincoln Southeast are all teams with winning records and at least one quality win under their belt. On the Class B side, unfortunately, this, this part will be short. It's Scott Catholic and just everyone else. I, I hate to say that um, at this point in the season, but it's been shown to be true. Um, they've outscored their opponents 40-1 to 1 throughout their games, and they've already beaten some of the other top Class B teams like Mercy, Duchenne, and Roncalli. They do have an intriguing schedule coming up, With Millard West, Millard North, Papio South, and the Thomas Jefferson Tournament on their schedule over the next two weeks. According to MaxPreps.com, Scott Catholic is the top team in all of Nebraska, and they are number 21 in the country. If they remain unbeaten through that schedule that I just listed, they will probably rise in the national rankings, as well as keep their spot at the top of the state. Two teams I do want to highlight are Norris and Lincoln Lutheran and Raymond Central. Both teams remain undefeated. Um, They haven't maybe played the toughest schedules yet, but still unbeaten. Um, Norris does have tough upcoming opponents this week with Waverly and Ron Colley. If they come through this week, still unbeaten, that would be a real accomplishment. And I think a good sign for the future of their program this season, uh, Lincoln Lutheran has not played a strong schedule, but that also changes this week with mercy and Columbus SCOTUS both on their schedule. Again, if both Norris and Lincoln Lutheran make it through the next two weeks unbeaten, they're going to square off against each other on April 24th, um, to kind of be playing for that second or third ranking spot in in class B. Before we finish the high school highlights, I do want to give a quick shout out to invitational winners. I know the Omaha Central Girls, Omaha South Girls, Norfolk Boys, and North Platte Girls all won invitational tournaments they played in, I believe. I apologize if I missed anyone. Sometimes these invites can be hard to keep track of. Obviously, we have the Metro Tournament coming up, so a lot of good soccer to be played this week. I will say as cool as the invites that happen early in the season and the Metro Tournament are, I will go back to my original point last week that I think the players are being subjected to too many games on certain weeks and the matchups are not always right and lead to some lopsided scorelines. I don't know if this would work, but it'd be interesting to have open weeks or dates in the schedule to allow for teams to schedule quote unquote wild card games against opponents that maybe match their ability levels a little bit better and would allow us to see some matchups that we may not normally see. For example, Scott could schedule uh, Lincoln East sometime during the season after they both realize, okay, we're both very good, but we're not going to play each other and we sit in different classes. Again, it's always easy to sit here and say schools and athletic directors in Nebraska high school athletic association should do this or that, but I think it's okay to think about new ways that things can be done. And I also don't want to take away from teams accomplishments of winning invites or winning the Metro tournament because both of those things are good and there's some quality wins that come out of those, those events and quality matchups. I just think that this is an interesting debate or conversation. Finally, I want to talk briefly on the girls game that I went to this weekend. I was able to watch Millard North host Lincoln East. Again, that was part of the doubleheader with the boys game. I'd heard a lot about Lincoln East, but I had not seen them yet in person. Um, and I'll tell you what, they are as good as advertised. They're as good as I had heard about. Um, and I think Millard North is a solid team with some good players. And I expect them to be in the mix at the end um, to go to Morrison or to be at Morrison and, and, and have a, get a result there. Uh, But Lincoln East is just a different level than anything I've seen yet this far. So far for me, they're the best team in the state. Um, Now I have to qualify that statement with, I haven't seen Scott play yet, Um, but Lincoln East are just that good. Um, Haley Peterson is, is incredible to watch in the midfield. Um, She's a really good player. And then I would, I would hate to have to game plan against a front line that has players like Briley Hill and Kama Carpenter. Um, So, not to mention, uh, they also have players like Beth Guevara, Annie Mulder, and Keeley Yeager, among others, that create a really solid team. So it's not just, you know, three or four players. It's a, it's a whole team of really, really talented players and, and solid uh, players coming off the bench as well. I know last week I said I wouldn't be surprised if it was any of eight to ten teams that won the state title. And I'm still not ready to crown East just yet, but it's going to take something special to, to beat them this year in Class A. Um, but that's why we play the games. So that is it for the high school highlights. And for this week's Nebraska soccer talk podcast, I hope you enjoyed the college review high school highlights and Jalen Bolsock interview. Stay tuned for another interview next week with former Husker Jalen Armstrong. Um, Make sure you get out and watch some games or catch the games on live stream this week. We have so much good soccer. We played this week all throughout high school and college. You got the Metro tournaments. You got the uh, Lincoln and the two, the Lincoln matchups. Um, you have Iowa high school soccer, you have junior college soccer, you have the GPAC tournament, you have UNO men's soccer playing this Friday. So there's really not a, an excuse to not get out to a game or open up your laptop and pull up a stream. Have a good week, everyone.